Welcome to Lost Light and Laughter, an uplifting show about laughter after tragedy. I'm your host, Michelle A. If you're ready for some inspiration and laughter in your life, you've tuned in to the right show. It's Hey everyone, welcome back to Lost Light and Laughter. I'm your host, Michelle A. And on today's episode, we have a special guest. We have BJ. I met him via Facebook and he has an interesting story. So I decided to invite him on to the show. BJ, can you come on in and tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Hello, 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 everyone. Um, my name is Brian. BJ is just a nickname for Brian Johnson. And uh, I don't know what to say about myself other than uh, I'm a believer. Uh, I strive to be better today than I was yesterday, each and every day. Uh, I'm a business owner as well. Um, I have God has blessed me with several different uh, entities, I guess I could say, uh, that I work on daily. And um, I'm still trying to achieve the goal of um, being the best I can be. And amen. Well, as you know, the name of the show is called Lost Light and Laughter. Tell the audience about a significant loss in your life. Wow. Um, there's many, but the one that stands out the most is the loss of my mother uh, while I was incarcerated. Um, must I elaborate or? Yes, absolutely. Okay. They, they're going to have questions. <laughs> so. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, you know, I was in the world. I was in the street, uh, running the streets in my, and uh, I used to go see my mother at the time I was married um, to a young lady. And I used to go visit my mother, but every time I went to go visit her, she would be coming from the doctors. And I'm asking her, like, you know, how, how can you go to the doctors so often? And she said, well, just to check up, because she never told my sister and I uh, the severity of her illness. And uh, one day my mother had a conversation with me, and the conversation as um, if you go back to prison, I won't be here when you come home. And I paid it no attention. I paid it no mind simply because what mother wants their, their child in the street or, you know, doing drugs or whatever the case might be. I paid it no attention. I paid it no mind. Well, within 30 days after that conversation, um, September 17th, three days before my birthday, I got violated for being in the wrong place at the wrong time, even though I was paroled to that, that, uh, that area. Um, 90 days after that, in December, my mother passed away. Uh, the worst thing that ever happened to me. Because, uh, you know, at that time, my mother was my world. I'm her only son, and I'm the baby. And uh, it was very hurtful. Um, I had to go see her in a box, something I didn't want to do. Um, I still deal with that today, matter of fact. Uh, right at my front door, I have a picture of my mother and I. So I'll know what not to do um, when I walk out the house. Uh, I would hate to ever have to go, go through that or experience not being there for someone that loved me and I love too, uh, such as my children, my woman, uh, my family, period. Um, I don't want to experience that again. I prefer to be there and rub their head and rub their feet and tell them it's going to be okay versus losing them when I couldn't be there for them. 
Um, you know, that's pretty much suggests there's so much to the story, but it's not enough time to, to explain it. But I deal with it every day. And, uh, you know, I've gotten better with it, you know. So sorry to hear about your loss. Um, so were you able to go to the funeral? How did that work out? Um, yes. Um, you know, I, I, I struggle with it. I struggle with going because I didn't want to see the last memory of my mother is her being in a box. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my older sister stated that if I don't go, I probably would regret it. And um, I didn't think I would. But then again, I didn't know. Right. So uh, I went and I had to go before, prior to my family getting there. Uh, so I went in in shackles and chains. Uh, I stayed only about five minutes. And the uh, CEO that brought me said, you know, that's all. You know, you, you ready to go already? And uh, I said, yes. I said my piece. I dealt with it there as much as I could. You know, being incarcerated, being incarcerated, it's hard to get emotional, get upset, cry, and all those things in front of so many people. So I didn't get a chance to mourn uh, like I should have. Um, and I still don't think I have because once I got out, which was a year later, I have learned to deal with it and live with it. But this whole time, you know, when I, when I was incarcerated, I used to call my mother every single day, but I wouldn't allow her to accept the phone call. So when you're in prison, it, I would call her, it would ring, you have a click call from Brian Johnson, and I would hear her answer. So that was my way of knowing that she was okay. And she knew that I was okay, but I would hang up the phone. But on Sundays, I would call and have a conversation with her. And this one Sunday, I called and I got no answer. That's very unusual. And I called the next day and I finally got my aunt to answer the phone, which is very unusual because my mother, when I'm calling, my mother's answering. And uh, she said, your mother had a conversation last night. Your mother's not doing too well. She had a conversation prior to that. I never knew that she was sick at all other than assuming I knew because she never told us. But for her to go from one extreme the week before to another, it, it just didn't sit right with me. But uh, my aunt said, you know, your mother was talking to her mother and father, which is their mother and father last night as if though they were already in the room. They're already dead. Um, so when I asked to speak to my mother, uh, my, I gave my mother the phone and all my mother said, it's not her fault. It's not her fault. She said, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. And that was it. And gave the phone back to my, my aunt. Uh, so I let that go. I tried to call back later. You know, everybody's saying she's okay. She's doing okay. But then the next day I called back and spoke with my sister. She said, my mom had got up, went and had her cig- her cigarette and her coffee and asked if I had called. And when I did speak with my sister, I asked her to, she asked me if I wanted me to wake up my mother. And I said, no, I'll call back later. Well, later never came. So I regret that I didn't allow her to wake her up um, because I could have at least had one more conversation with her. Um, And I didn't. So she said later on that day, my mother got up, sat in her chair, her favorite chair and went back to bed. But as she went back to bed, she sat at the edge of her bed and, that's when she died. And my sister followed her in her bedroom. And as she sat down, she fell on top of my sister. And uh, we lived in a three-family home. And um, my sister couldn't get her off her. And so she started banging on the floor. My aunt came upstairs and got my mother off of her. Um, but during this time, you know, I was 
in the choir at church. I was singing solos. I was singing backup. Um, I was praying. I was doing Bible study. I was doing all these things, man. And and the word it says, you know, if we touch and agree on anything in his son's name, that he will grant it to us. And well, he didn't grant the life of my mother. You know, I begged him to make sure that, you know, my mother held on until I got out. And at that time, I disliked my mother and God because I'm from Connecticut and I seen my mother go to go to work and snow up to her knees right. to provide for my sister and I. Yeah. yeah, you know? yeah. Uh-huh. And, and you can't be whatever this is, because at this time, you know, I didn't know what she was going through and I didn't know she had cancer until after her death. And so I'm saying, why would I serve a guy like that? I'm doing everything that he's asking. I'm praying for people before they go to court. I'm doing this, that, and the third. Why would I serve a guy like that who didn't listen to me? You know, I'm his son. But, you know, I realized that she's his daughter. So when you're incarcerated, when you lose someone that close, the chaplain to come down and ask, you know, if you're okay, are you going to hurt yourself? Are you going to hurt somebody else? You're going to do something stupid, this, that, and the third. And I said, no. But I did explain to him what I felt about God and how I felt about my mother at that time. Uh, Why would I serve a God like this if I'm praying for others, if I'm touching and agreeing and we're praying for my mother and we're doing all these things and he still allowed her to die? I didn't like that because your word said one thing and something something else happened. Uh, But then the chaplain asked me. (laughs) He said, uh do you know what your mother was praying for? And I said, no. He said, maybe she was tired of the pain and the hurt. And she thought and knew that you were safe. You know, people believe when we're in prison, we're safe. We're away from the streets, this, that, and the third. Right. Um, but that's really not the case because it's just yeah. as dangerous in there. Yeah. It, it's yeah. not more, yeah. you know, um, but I believe she was able to relax because I wasn't in the streets uh, in my mess. Um but then as he said that, I started thinking about it, hindsight, praying on it, you know, and I'm saying, wow, there's no telling where I would be today if I was in the world when my mother died. Because first of all, you're not putting her in that bag. You're going to continue to work on her while I'm standing here. Uh, then again, I might have went out and OD'd. I might have went out and hurt someone or somebody might have said something that wasn't right. So God knew better than I did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if it wasn't for what I experienced with that, I probably wouldn't be who I am, be who I am today. Uh, I realized that we have to go through some things in order for God to get us to where we need to be. And anything that you think highly of more than God, he will remove that, too, because my mother was my God. You understand? Um, so I deal with that still to this day. Um, I have a picture here on my wall. As I walk out the door in every sense. And that's the only picture I have of my mother and I when I was of age. And I know that I don't want to experience that ever again. I don't want to lose my wife. I don't want to lose my children. I don't want to lose any family members, anything of that nature. And not be able to be there for them. I mean, we can't prevent what's going to happen. It's going to happen. But at least I have the opportunity to get there even after the fact. When you're incarcerated, you can't. We'll be back after a quick break. I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. 
I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. Right, you're on good terms. You did all that you could do. So uh, talk to us about where's your relationship with God now? I I know you struggled (laughs) at one point, um, but what was the turning point where it went like, I don't want to serve a God that's not answering my prayers to, I praise him every day. What was the turning point? Well, the turning point was I realized he knew better than me Mm -hmm. because like I stated, I don't know where I would be if I was in the world when that happened, but not just that, you know, I came to, visit North Carolina for four days. And I've been here 11 years, never went back to home uh, to live. And I believe, you know, the word says all things are already predestined. So at that time, he knew this is where I would be. And now um, I praise him constantly. I still get upset with him, you know, but for the most part, um, you know, I know he has everything that he has for me is for me. I also know that he only wants what's best for me. Uh, but now I'm a member of a church for the last six years. I do so much in the church from being security for the pastor, court keeping. I am evangelist. Um, and now I'm a trustee. I just became a trustee. Uh, they count on me for a lot of things. Um, and I know that's only because of God, but not only that, God has opened so many doors where I sit down with the governor of North Carolina because my my business is I started a, a staffing company called Johnson Second Chance Staffing uh, as a nonprofit. But I've met the governor. I the same people that I ran from the judges, the the, the police officers. They now reach out to me and ask me what I think about certain things. I had a uh, one of the judges. I was able to go to her house and get the code and go in. Me, an ex offender. Right. Sit down with the governor and, and right. break bread. Me, uh, you know, I've done, God has blessed me to be on the Steve Harvey radio show with Renee Vaughn uh, four different times, TCTV, which is a Christian station, uh, magazines, and also on newspapers. And it, well, it couldn't have been me. Right, it right. Been me. It, it's Nothing definitely but. not me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. a wretched old man, a wretched man like myself, that he would open all these doors. So now I, I have three businesses, um, Johnson Second Chance Staffing, uh, that I want to go nationwide. Uh, I also have a lawn care service, which is Johnson's Affordable Lawn Care. Um, I have an entity called Future Focus, which is now my baby, and I need to do more with it. But what I do and my team does is support college students with their basic needs. Uh, those like we as a people, Sometimes get our children into college and there's not much more we can do because of the finances and they are our future. And if we don't look out after them, they can end up in the streets like I was. So I supply them with their basic needs, such as toiletries, food, clothing, and sometimes pay their cell phone bill, depending on if it's uh, only in, you know, they have their own. I'm not going to pay for the family's phone, but I will pay for the students because they need that to do homework. Right. But they also need to not worry about what, uh, if their phone is going to go off or if they're going to have something to eat. Right. So we, once a week, um, we were supplying them. And once they get back into school, we would do the same thing with food, with the food pantry. But once a month, I would get uh, a list of those students that are struggling, be it one or five. 
And out my pocket, I would pay for that to make sure they had what they needed. Some, that is such yeah. a blessing to be able to pour back into uh, the college students because sometimes they are overlooked and we don't want yes. them going out there doing something reckless for a couple no. of bucks, you know? Not at all. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. You know, but not only that, I am now being interviewed by Michelle Thomas, Michelle A. <laughs> so just, I mean, that's true story, though. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I don't know. You, you mentioned that, you know, we met through Facebook and I was sitting here pondering, how do she know about me? How, but I get, you know, I just did a TV uh, show uh, that was nationwide. Uh, it's called um, Enterprise with uh, Brian Hamilton and people from all the world were calling me. Hey, I see you on TV. I see you on TV. But who, how could that have happened if God wasn't in it? Yeah. And I was going to ask you that. Um... Do you believe that God actually, because when I'm listening to your story, I kind of already heard, you know, and I figured out that God actually answered your mom's prayers. The life that you're living now is you what know, she it, wanted for you. So I, I agree 100 yeah. percent. You know, um, prayer works. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting chills right now and emotional yeah. at the same time. But prayer works. And yeah. sometimes we fight with it because it doesn't happen when we want it to. But he's always on time. Yeah. I'm living proof. Yeah. So most of the time when I'm posting things on Facebook, I'm posting things about my life, what I've been through. But when I'm speaking to people, I'm speaking to myself as well, because we need to hear it as well, even though it's coming from ourselves. So um, I just want to see everyone succeed and everyone successes differently. But I have nothing. I mean, my I'm exhilarated. I'm excited. and and just to see others succeed because I know I'm going to be okay simply because I got God, I have faith and I believe, and I'm a hustler. Now I hustle uh, on the positive side of things. Right. You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I so I um, as long as I see people uh, in my area or people that I deal with trying to improve, then I got their back as That's much right. as I can. That's right. Even if it's just a prayer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah, God, he's just so merciful. And I say it on the show every time. He is so merciful. And I just thank him for the work that he does in people's lives. And that's what this show is about. Um, you know, we all go through losses. And one of the things I want people to get is to be able to identify where God is in the loss. And I'm glad that you're able to see like his hand on your life. And yeah, you took a couple detours. Right. A few, not a couple. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, can I say this real quick? Yeah, absolutely. When I, was, <laughs> when I was in my mess, I used to, and I, I believe then when I was in my mess, running up and down the street, hustling, getting high, whatever the case might have been, I would say, God, I don't want to do this no more, but don't put me in prison. Mm-hmm. Every single time with a week or two, I'm in prison because that was the only place he could get my attention. Because if he would have done it when I was in the street, I would continue to do what I would done. Right. You know what I'm saying? So and listen, as a child, I remember always pulling over for people before the world got too rough, pulling over for people that I seen stranded on the highway. And my mother used to say, because I'm taking her to to New Jersey, the casinos and all that. And she would um, say, you can't help everybody. I said, Mom, as long as I try and I feel this way today, as long as I try, I've done my part. But God was setting me up as a child, when I, I couldn't sleep for two or three days in a row if I didn't stop to help someone that needed it. And I couldn't sleep. 
not realizing that he was setting me up to be who I am today because I still help people. Because everything that I do, my businesses are helping people. It's not about me because I'm going to be okay because I got him and he got me. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I, and I think about, it, I was like, man, I was doing that when I was a kid. Yeah. But now as a grown up, I'm helping those. If I hadn't been to prison, I wouldn't probably wouldn't be helping prisoner prisoners uh, become better. So when you help one of those, you help the entire family because now he might only be making $240, but that's $240. He can put through a bill from sleeping on that couch. That's right. That he's not putting you know a gun to somebody's head to get. So, yes. Right. right. <laughs> yes. And, and for those You're saving 10, lives. Okay. Yeah. yeah. From, from the eight to 10 hours, at least we're being safe in the streets as well. That's right. That's right. You know what I'm saying? I can't tell you what's going to happen at the 13th hour, but I yeah. can tell you for that, yeah. for that eight to 10, they're working. So, yes, that's um, right. But I am them. So I understand. And no one better can tell a story or how to get out of something than someone who already experienced it. Books help, but it's not the same when you have living testimonies. That's right. That's right. Tangible stories. Yes. Okay. So, yes. okay. So we've talked about the loss. We've talked mm-hmm. about the light and God's mercy. Let's talk about the laughter. Okay. Yeah. Now tell me talk something me. that just, I don't know. It, you can go, I give you two options. Okay. That's how I tell you. Right. Okay. You can talk about the first time you remember laughing after losing your mom. You know, or a funny story that you have with your mom or, you know, just anything that really brings laughter to your life, because I want people to be able to to laugh, to say, yes, I struggled. Yes, I had some hits and some losses. I made some wrong turns, you know, and God's kept me. But it's the joy part, because sometimes people lack joy. And I want them to just be able to laugh. So talk to us about that. Well, there's many of things, but. What, uh-huh. what hits me right now is uh, my daughter, Jasmine. Uh-huh. Jasmine has to be hilarious, but she's always serious when it comes to her dad. But, you know, her and my daughter, Taya, matter of fact, when we're together, they act a fool. And that's my laughter because yeah. they do it in fun. And it's only family uh, there at the time. So they always say something funny. Yeah. They always say something smart. They're very witty. So both of them. And um, they're, they're the best friends, too. But the, the two of them make me laugh constantly. But what really makes me laugh the most is tell God what you want to do. And he always <laughs> have something different. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, God, I'm going to do this tomorrow. Yes. That's why I'm listening. You, <laughs> you better say if God wills, you know. So um, but those right. two, my yeah. daughter, Taya and my daughter, uh, Jasmine. They make me laugh constantly. Even when I'm just talking to them on the phone, they always got something that's smart to say, but they are the smartest people I've met in my life. And I'm thankful for God for them, you know? So they do brighten my day. Good, good. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Um, I hope that, you know, our listeners can really and truly relate and be drawn to Christ and just laugh and to get through this hard time in their life and just know that God is with them. He's always been with them um, and he's going to continue to be there. And I just hope that their eyes will be open to be able to see God. Yeah. Well, God is always with us. I just want you to think about some of the things that you never thought you would get out of. And you're still standing here today. Yeah. Things that you cried about. But remember, God said he will not give us more than we can handle or bear. Yeah. 
So with that being said, you know, there's going to be a light at the end of whatever tunnel that is, but you must persevere because if you don't, then you can always falter. But if you believe in what the word says or, or, or try to um, understand what the word is saying, uh, you will get through it. And it may be a difficult time, but without a testimony, I mean, without a test, there's no testimony. And your story means something to somebody. That's right. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So I want to thank you so much again for coming on to Lost Light and Laughter. This concludes today's episode. Everybody show love one time. It's time to give praise. Everybody give praise one time. Yeah. It's time to show love. Everybody show love one time.